I wanted mobility. I wanted freedom in my body because I'm, I'm a dancer. I've been a dancer for... Hell of a dancer. Okay, guys, if you don't know <laughs> this, you. when I went to this mentorship, we went out one night and <laughs> I, told, so I told everybody that I was terrified of dancing and then this man walked on the dance floor and I was 10 times more worried about dancing. <laughs> <laughs> From the moment you wake up to the moment your head hits the pillow, this is the It's All Day Podcast. Your home for knowledge and inspiration about fitness, nutrition, and the mentality behind what it takes to be great. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the It's All Day Podcast. Today, I am here with my friend, Coach Chronic. Coach Chronic, thank you for hopping on the podcast, man. Hey, Chris, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you for taking the time out to invite me on the show. Yeah, dude, of course. So for the people who don't know, Coach Karan, my bad, um, Karan and I met at a mastermind in Seattle when we <clears throat> were getting mentored by Cody McBroom. And when I first met this man, we were all going around in a circle. We were talking about the goals that we wanted to achieve. And I remember him specifically saying with just absolute certainty, like, I want to build an empire. And I remember hearing that and being like, oh, and like the competitive part of me was like, okay, competition. We need to, <laughs> we need to, we need to figure out who this man is. Um, so for the people who don't know you, because people don't, I mean, they don't know you the way I know you, let them know kind of who you are, where you're from, a little short spiel. Yeah, sure. So I'm born and raised in New York City, Queens, New York. Uh, fast forward through a bunch of stuff. I eventually ended up at Carnegie Mellon University studying uh, information systems and business, not fitness related at all. And I worked in corporate America for a year at a company previously known as uh, Time Warner Inc. They were recently bought by uh, AT&T and are now Warner Media. And at the time before the buyout, I was uh, a security analyst. It eventually sort of segued into cybersecurity analytics. And I was doing all types of things that, you know, some people would consider great, you know, lunch and learns, meeting with top executives, like the CTO was right next to him to my, my cubicle. And I got to talk to him a lot, which was great. Um, really, really cool guy. My boss, uh, Nishira Layade, she was amazing. Um, I had so many great experiences, met a lot of cool people. However, it just wasn't the fit for me. I didn't want to sit at a desk and, you know, do reports and do meetings with big executives because it didn't give me the, the same impact that I wanted. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like a, it's not like what I was doing wasn't important. It was certainly important. I was helping protect the company from cyber attackers that were trying to steal our data and sell it, you know, on the black market. Like that's pretty much what I was doing, but it just didn't sit well with me. Like it, it, I, I didn't wake up excited every day. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, even today I don't wake up like super stoked to do, you know, what I do. Um, every single day, but majority of the time, I'm like, yo, let's freaking do this. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't one day where I had that in corporate America. So I, I had to bounce. I applied first to the University of Pittsburgh for a master's degree in sports medicine. I got rejected in a week. Oof. I hit up the dean at that program and I was like, you know, what happened? Like, what can I do? You know, are there any classes I can take? Blah, blah, blah. And she put it frank. She was like, listen, you miss so many of the required classes you'd need to be in school for like two years. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. And I said, you know, is there any other programs? Like, yeah, you know, there's the health and physical activity program, very close to exercise physiology. I think that would be a good fit for you. So no way. I, 
yeah, dude. Yeah. So I, I ended up applying to that program, wrote a heck of an essay and I got in, you know, but by the, who knows how, I don't know how I had no prerequisites. I started to take classes, but you know, I got in, um, on the strength of my essay, I guess, cause my, you know, I didn't have any real science background. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The last, uh, biology or physiology, anatomy, anything like that class back in high school, high school. So they were, they were just taking me on a whim to be honest. So that's crazy. Well, let me, yeah, let's, let's go back a little bit. Cause the, the title of this episode is failure is the way forward. And I want to bring people on the show to really show my clients, people out there working on their fitness and their nutrition to really understand people that are there right now, the people that are living that like quote unquote healthy lifestyle, like they didn't just start there. Like they've worked their way through failure, through learning to get to where they are right now. And even just hearing this story, like where did you get the, this was after you left work, right? When I went to the master's degree, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like where did you get the balls to do that? Because I know so many people like our age, like the idea of leaving that cushy job where you're making the money and like everything's safe um, to risk it really and to kind of chase the passion like where did that first come from were you always like a risk taker as a kid no way man no way um i guess i should give some background on who i was growing up i was never athletic i was never shredded never had a six-pack i was i was fat i was short unathletic couldn't jump couldn't run couldn't throw you know i i couldn't do anything that a stereotypical black kid could do in high school Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and people would look to me like they saw me as this frame. I went to a predominantly white school and I was, there was this framework that they had in their mm-hmm. minds of what a black man should be able to do in, in, on the field, on the courts, et cetera. And I didn't fit that narrative at all. I was the opposite, bro. Mm-hmm. I did, I did musical theater, freaking loved it. I was a techie. I built sets for, for like three semesters, four semesters, freaking loved it. I, I had, I met all different types of people that I would have never met in my life if I was, you know, so wound up in that narrative because they, they weren't seen as like the cool kids. You know what I mean? Mm. I wasn't seen as a cool kid, but I, but those are some of my best friends. Some of them I'm still friends with to this day. You know what I'm saying? So I learned uh, early on that if you don't fit in someone's narrative or what they perceive you're supposed to be, they're not. They, I don't, I don't want to say they're not going to like you, but it will certainly rub them the wrong way. It'll be unexpected. Mm-hmm. Some people, some people will take that um, in a negative light. Some people will be curious and want to know more. I unfortunately got bullied a lot, and it was uh, the opposite. You know what I mean? People, some people, I can't say a lot of people. It was just a, a select few um, didn't like who I was just because I didn't fit that mold. You know, they would make fun of how tall I was, you know, racist stuff, you know, it's, it's whatever now. Like I've forgiven and I've for, not forgotten, but forgiven. You know what I mean? I've mm-hmm. moved forward. I've had multiple conversations with each of this, each of these individuals. And I'm not, I'm not going to name names. Cause that, that's not, that's, there's no point in that. You know, we, we've moved past these things, yeah. you know, we're, we're all cool now. And I've, you know, I've talked to them about fitness and stuff like that going forward and they're all doing great. So, you know, I wish them nothing but the best. Um, but the past, you know, it happened. It, it's, it's something you can't forget. And that was a hard lesson to learn. Um, but, you know, it transcended beyond just high school. It transcended to that major life decision that you, you spoke of. You know, my family saw the job, as you said, a lot of our people in our age group see that job as, as comfortable. Like, yo, you got money, bro. Like, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. So mm-hmm. when 
when I got that first job, everyone was like, yo, you made it. Like, let's mm-hmm. go. You're, you're in corporate. Like no, 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 no time soon. Six figures or, uh, you know, sometime soon, six figures. You know what I'm saying? Like it's coming, it's coming. Like whatever. Just, just, just work it. I know you don't like it. Just work it. It's good money. It's good money. And then that, that was the narrative. You know, if you made it to corporate America, you made it. And I, it, I don't know. What it, did that? Just, what did that weight feel like? Because I can just hear right now, even just like the idea. Because that's the, you're like you're saying, not coming from money. You get the job. Everyone's like, dude, you made it. Security's there. It's everything you need. Like you're safe. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. But deep down, there was this weight on you. Yeah. That just that just didn't feel right. And what did, what did every, that feel every like? Every single morning. Every yeah. single morning, bro. I I knew after the first month, after the first month of like not having to rely on my mom for money. I'm single parent. Uh, my dad has been locked up basically since I was born. Um, but, you know, him and I have a much, much better relationship than when I was growing up. But, um, you know, he wasn't around. Obviously, he couldn't be. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of issues with that. But the the reason I'm saying that is because she was the only thing. We only had each other. You know what I mean? She financially supported me in every endeavor. A- anything I ever wanted, she would sacrifice her sleep. She would work overtime. Like, she did everything. You know what I'm saying? I think single moms, again, are some of the strongest people on this planet. Like, you know what I mean? My mom is, is very strong and mm-hmm. she did everything she could to make sure that I didn't know what real struggle was like. Because, of course, I knew that we weren't, you know, rich, but I didn't I didn't I didn't know in some cases how bad things were. Yeah. And I only knew after becoming an adult and reflecting, like, oh, shoot, like that really happened. Mm-hmm. But I as a kid, she didn't allow me to like. Uh, experience that hardship mentally, mm-hmm. even though it, it was my environment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that she bared a lot of that weight um, early on. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forwarding to that decision, I mentioned the idea to family, to friends. You know, some people were supportive. Most people were supportive, but a lot of people were like, "Yo, that's that's stupid. Like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Like that that's money you're just throwing away. That 401k you're just gonna throw it away. Like, what? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? So. And honestly, it it didn't matter how many people told me, you know, go for it. That's awesome. The weight of the voices telling me that it was the wrong idea and the wrong suggestion, the wrong thing to do was so heavy. It outweighed all the positives. But eventually I was like, yo, I, I was I was bumping Gary V every morning on my way to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I was bumping Tony Robbins, uh, E.T., the, the hip hop preach. Like I was I was bumping all those dudes every single morning because I, I needed that pump to just to go to work and just to make it through because mm-hmm. it was just, it was just grueling. Yeah. I would wake up at like six and snooze my alarm like six, seven times. Damn. And I, and I knew, man, I knew from that point and I was like, this isn't going to be my life. Yep. This is not going to be my life. So I made a plan. I started making a plan. Um, and I applied and luckily I got in, I moved to, to Pittsburgh and I've been here ever since. And man, I, I can't, honestly, I can't thank myself enough for making that decision because it's scary you don't it's th- th- scary man you have no idea what's gonna happen bro and mm-hmm. I, I don't think i don't think everyone should take the route that i did i think you should pursue a side hustle um on the side while you're making good money kind of just bear the weight of it for a year mm-hmm. two years three years whatever you gotta do stack up your money so that when you go to your side hustle and go full time it's good you don't have to worry about money yeah. i did it the opposite way i just i still say but i just bounced after a year with like not a real plan i was like i'm just gonna go Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just gonna go and see what happens dude this and, and, and i got I, I got i got lucky i got lucky you know at 20 i was 21 22 at 22 i just bounced and i just started over yeah it's crazy man there's so many i think usually people are either 
when you want to make a huge change in your life, it's either like you're trying to run towards pleasure or you're trying to run away from pain. Yeah, man. Both are both are fine. I think both are perfectly okay. It's just having that awareness. And I think at that age, man, you, you sound like you were fucking super aware as a young kid. Cause me when high school, man, I wanted to be the cool kid. I wanted to hang out with the cool people. I was like, I'm going to change. I'm going to morph over here. Boom. I'm with the cool kids. But like in reality, like that wasn't who I was. And you were very like stuck in your ways of like, no, this is who I am. Whether you like me, you like me. And if you don't, you don't. And it, like you said, it transcended into every single aspect, even into that decision. But that decision yeah. was ultimately leaving pain and going towards pleasure. Yeah. And I think so many people out there right now, when they're trying to focus on their body and their fitness, they don't want to look at the pain. Like they're always looking at pleasure and pleasure, like it will kind of drive you to a degree, but that usually fizzles out if it's not like this beautiful, magnificent, very clear picture. And if you don't believe it, if you've never achieved it, how can you really feel it? But if you can tap into that running away from pain and getting away out of that, like, man, people, I feel like people don't realize what feeling good actually feels like yeah. because they felt bad for so long. Um, and then as soon as you made that shwit, that shift and you went into, into your new career, <laughs> that pleasure, how much, like how much more energy did you have going, I mean, going ton, to class? You know what a, I mean? A ton. I mean, I was always, always excited to learn. I mean, I, I got crushed my, my first semester. I think my first midterm and my advanced exercise physiology class, I got like a 72, you know what I mean? And I'd never learned anything like that before. So it was like, okay. If I'm gonna do this, I, I gotta really bust my butt. So mm-hmm. I just started grinding, man. It, it, it was an accelerated um, program, so it was only a year. So oh, I learned a shit. lot in a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to really bust my butt, but I mean, it worked out. At the end, end of the semester um, of that class, I ended up getting, I think I got an A. I got like a 93 on the final. I ended up getting like a B plus in the class, maybe maybe an A minus. I don't remember exactly what it was, but you know, I ended everything after everything was done. I had like a three six seven. Um, which was higher than any undergrad course or any any, any undergrad uh, you know average for the year I ever, I ever had. Um, I think I left CMU with like a three zero on the dot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, I left with like a three six seven from from Pitt, and it was just I was just I loved it. You know, I loved being in the lab. I loved doing my VO two max test. I, I, anytime there was an opportunity to get wired up, I was like, "Yo, hook me up. Let's go. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it." And you know, it, it, it was a passion that I'd never experienced before. And you, you talk about pain and pleasure. It's interesting because I definitely got caught in the hype of like entrepreneurship and like, oh, just start over. It's going to be great. Like I, I thought it was going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to make it. I'm going to make it. And then, you know, reality hit hit me pretty hard because um, I, I didn't I wasn't financially uh, educated. Like I didn't really understand money or how to save or how to invest or how to, you know, put things in certain places to allow it to grow without me having to work for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I spent all my money very quickly. All, all, a lot of my student loan money was just gone. And I, then I withdrew my 401k and that was gone. And I was broke, you know, I was yeah. really broke for like, like two months. I was eating like rice and protein pancakes every day for like two months. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes that ran out and I had to drink coffee uh, from like, cause I, I used to work at a gym. I worked at the front desk. I would clock in around like maybe five and I'd leave at 1130. So, you know, from between that time, it would just be coffee, seven o'clock coffee, 
nine o'clock coffee because obviously yeah. coffee satiates you. Mm -hmm. So I would use that as my meal, and then I'd have a big basically plate of pancakes when I got home, and then I just you know rinse and repeat. That's wild, dude. What uh, what got you out of that cycle? What what was the breakthrough from that moment to be able to get your get yourself kind of back on your feet and figure out the right structure and framework to make this new career successful? Well, the first thing was being better with money, uh, understanding that you don't need a lot to save and you don't need, you know, some big break. I was always looking for like a big break. I was always looking for like, okay, you know, this project's gonna pop off, make me a lot of money. This pop, this project's gonna pop off, make me a lot of money. I, I I was waiting for that big break, like my corporate job gave me a big break. Mm -hmm. You know, when that first check came in, and I cashed it, and I had thousands of dollars in my my checking account, I was like, "Yo, that's crazy! That's mm -hmm. crazy! I've never seen that kind of money before." Um, so when when that first came through, it, it was there was a break, and I was expecting that with this, but I was very 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 misguided, very wrong. Um, so the first breakthrough I had was understanding how to be smarter with money, how to be better with money, how to save, how to buy what I need and not what I want. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't, I don't really buy myself clothes. I, I, I don't buy myself new shoes. I don't, you know, video game here or there, but I don't, I'm not really spending crazy amounts of money on things that I don't need. You know what I mean? Like I, I just got a, a new computer for video editing because I need it for my business. A lot of these things that I'm getting are business expenses. Mm -hmm. I've learned, learned how to be better about that too. Understanding how to buy for my business and not for myself just yet. Like I don't, I don't need to give myself a lot just yet. Oh, um, dude, I'm still, I still, I mean, I, I got a rule that it's like, if you really want something, you gotta wait 24 hours. From the second <laughs> yeah. you say you really want it and then in 24 hours if you really want it then like maybe we'll talk about it but yeah, i just yeah. i play I that like game that. with myself to where i do 24 hours and then 24 hours comes up and i'm like man i want it and i'm like you know what just wait 24 hours and i'll just like i'll that. just do 24 hours again and again and then i'll start to realize i'm like man you don't really want it because you've already said 24 hours like three or four times you just you don't need it you just want it yeah, um, yeah. so that was a big one for me but when you um even getting to this, when did you first start getting into coaching? After, like, was it directly right after school? Well, um, the online stuff definitely happened after school, but I've been coaching for a long time. Um, I started, you know, in-person coaching. Uh, I ran the CMU Fit Club back in, in college. I think I started it my sophomore or junior year. Excuse me, that was like, 2013 2014 mm -hmm. so i've been coaching people for quite some time i was doing group classes i was uh doing i didn't start personal training like actual personal training until after i got back but yeah i've been doing some kind of coaching since like 2014 so um i learned how to interact with people at a deeper level than just like hey what's up how are you you know the typical mm -hmm. you walk by someone how you doing good cool good to see you see you like it's it you learn how to understand body language at a deeper level i can sort of perceive how someone's feeling just from them coming on the call with me you know what i mean yeah, and that allows me to kind of uh, you know adjust my communication based upon how they're doing and i think online coaching started pretty much maybe a year after I got back to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing um, my master's degree, I wasn't doing any online coaching. I was actually training people in person for free 
for like months, like four or five months. Yeah. And, and then people started getting results and like, yo, we got to pay you. So I, I started charging people $15 an hour for, for personal training, did that for a few more months. Then I started raising my prices a little bit. And, um, then I reached out to Cody somewhere in there and I emailed him and, you know, said, Hey bro, like, I'd love, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes of your time. Like, you know, I'd love to just talk to you about this online coaching thing. I'm really interested in it, but love to get started. And basically he was like, bro, I'm so busy. I can't just jump on the phone. And I was like, how much? Like how, how, how much would it, would it cost to get you on the phone? Um, and he was like, all right, let, let, let's set it up. Never charge me a dime. What a guy, what a guy, dude. Never charge me a dime. And he, he, he gave me the blueprint. He gave me the blueprint, man. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that we learned in our mentorship, uh, he gave me for free in that like 30 minute, 35 minute call. He just, he was just bang, bang. You got to make sure this is there. Check biofeedback. Look at this. Make sure you're doing this. Make sure if you, if they need this, you, you adjust here. Like he was giving me all the data that I needed to start. And it worked very well. The first online client I ever had crazy results. A a framework is so powerful. I mean, even for, and that's what, that's what people hire coaches for, right? right? Everyone out there, if you got a problem that you're trying to sort out, like stop beating your head against the wall 24 seven, trying to figure it out yourself. Find somebody who spent the five years beating their head against the wall. They've learned the framework and they've condensed that five years into six months, into a year. And here's yeah. the package. Like, just be able to be, what's even the right word for this? Like, transparent enough with yourself to understand that you need the help to be yeah. able to do this. I think, what's, uh, let me ask you this. When you've coached so many people, I'm sure you've had some people that have had success, some people that, didn't have success because of some certain maybe commitments they've even had to themselves or some certain frameworks that they weren't willing to implement into their life. What are some common frameworks or some common values you see with a lot of people that do have success with your coaching? Yeah, sure. I mean, I have to preface, I don't do anything like I used to do anymore. Like I, I don't do fat loss coaching. I mean, I do some nutrition coaching, but I don't do like, I personally haven't touched a weight in like, nine months like i haven't done any resistance training in like nine months um so i have to preface it with that um but speaking before i made that switch a lot of the times when people weren't getting results they were in their own heads you know mm-hmm. they were making excuses that are legitimate but it came down to it being being a priority if when things are priorities you don't make excuses you know like you take a shower every day you put deodorant on you you at least i hope you do you um brush your teeth you know you eat these are things that are that are priorities you know it, it has to be at that level and and i didn't really understand uh for a long time like why people put uh like work and you know other people before themselves like it's your body you got one body you got one freaking body and you know then i i started learning that some people um, develop habits that are sort of self-sabotaging. If, you, if you've read, uh, what's, what's that book? The Big Leap. The Big Leap, you know about the upper limit problem, like where people approach where they're starting to do well. Okay, great. And then they just, poof, they, just they just, poof, they just dive everything down. And it's not even on purpose. It's just the cycle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, and it, it falls very, very, uh, falls very in line with how people approach nutrition. It's usually, okay, we're, we're going to restrict ourselves for a really long time. And then they get over that. They lose some weight. Okay, great. I can go back to what I was doing. They binge and they, they restrict and they binge and they restrict. And it's just that 
constant cycle, whereas opposed to they can because because they can you know anyone can go on a crazy deficit and lose mad weight in a month. Oh yeah. But that th- they're not going to keep that off for you know however long they need to or however long they want to. It's when we adapt very slow changes over time that things really stick because it's 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 changing your life. It's not it's not a diet. It's it's a lifestyle change, mm-hmm. and that that's a lot. It's very hard for people to embrace because. Things like social media, overall television media, uh, just train us to be like, you know what I mean? Like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's that? Thirty days, sixty days, seventy days, seventy five, like ninety days, one one twenty day challenge. Like, people don't know how to embrace. Like, all right, let, let's do this one thing every day for a year and see what happens. That's what I did with my body with mobility. I just one, I did every day for a freaking year. Let's just do this and see what happens. And I'm not. I I, I will never ever question the uh sort of that all right let's just see what happens over time so over time things change you oh, know what i mean yeah. you make small changes over time and it's it's bound to happen mm-hmm. but pe- people aren't patient enough with themselves and with the process to uh let things happen over time yeah i speak about nutrition as like the uh the infinite game have you heard of that mm-hmm. with simon sinek Mm-hmm. So he talks about how the infinite game, there is no start and there's no end date. Like there isn't right. sports. It is a continual process, just like brushing your teeth, just like taking a shower. Like it's something that's going to happen for the rest of your life. If you get to a certain weight, it doesn't, it doesn't just stay there. The next day, depending on what you do, is going to affect it again. So what, there's no target that you are trying to aim for. You're trying to sustain targets. You're trying to sustain weights for a long period of time and stay in the game longer than the other competitors. Just like living longer. Right. Um, right. Which is true, man. And people don't take care of their nutrition and they don't care they don't take care of their bodies. Guess what? You're not going to live this game called life as long as somebody who is. As long as somebody who's doing some stuff like even this flowability. Um, funny enough, we can get into this a little bit. I'd love to hear a little bit more. I have a friend here in Melbourne, shout out Austin Causey, if you're listening to this, who has been into flowability for a while, was... Oh, Austin, okay. Do you know Austin? Austin. Yeah, Yeah. I do. That's crazy. He's from here. Yeah, he was into this, and I remember he showed me and my roommate a little bit about it, and then I went to the mentorship, saw you, and the next thing you know, a couple months, I see you on it, and I'm like, dang, this flowability stuff's really really getting around there, because I'm seeing it in different places. Um, So... Kind of That's give crazy. people some context of how you went from where you were at, the traditional fitness lifestyle, and that what transitioned you into this flowability, and then kind of explain what it is. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, shout out Austin. That's crazy. I know each other. That's really crazy. We went to college um, together. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're lying. I swear to God. That's crazy, bro. That's freaking crazy. That's crazy. That's that's honestly nuts. The world is too small. Um, so. How did I transition? So, um, you know, I used to be a really hardcore lifter. I'd go to the gym four to six times a week. You know, I did the splits, upper, lower, push, pull legs. You know, I did the bodybuilding bro split. I've done everything. I've done every single split. Um, And I was strong in the sense of, in the modality of weightlifting. Like I could lift heavy stuff, but I wanted mobility. I wanted freedom in my body because I'm, I'm a dancer. I've been a dancer for... Hell of a dancer. Okay, guys, if you don't know <laughs> this, you. when I went to this mentorship, we went out one night and <laughs> I told so I told everybody that I was terrified of dancing and then this man walked on the dance floor and I was 10 times more worried about dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I did my best to like get people to dance with me, but I don't know. The You're dancing good, is man. One of, 
Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I think dance is one of those things that uh, you kind of have to just let go. You got to let go. Just I'm still, dude, I'm telling you right now, dance is a, I learned a TikTok dance. Like a you couple, did. a couple of weeks ago, I learned TikTok <laughs> dance because my coach was like, you got to do something uncomfortable every single day. And I yeah. still know, bro, in the back of my head, dancing is one of them. So I'm telling you this year, dancing is going to be a priority to get out of my head and just let my body go and not give a fuck what it. anybody thinks about me. I love it, man. I love it. Please dance. It changed my life. That that was the first movement I ever did. I was like 11 or 12 years old. I was I was doing the Harlem Shake, like not 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 like the the whatever the the trappy you could do the yeah. like like the real Harlem Shake from from New York from Harlem like mm-hmm. that Harlem Shake I, I was doing, um, and I just loved the way I could use the music to communicate through my body, like just speechless communication it's it's an art form it's a language it's something that you can really just express yourself through just moving to the music and and when you when you hit and like iso and it's 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 nuts it's nuts sick it's so nuts i i love it i love it but um you know i wanted to be better at that and i felt like my body was so restricted like i I felt tight in certain Mm, areas i started getting getting, bigger and whatnot yeah i was getting bigger my body was getting really compressed and it just didn't work. You know, I was getting knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain, neck pain. It was pain everywhere. I, I was in chronic pain for, for years. Uh, it was managed decently well, but I had bad flare-ups where, like, I couldn't walk for, you know, half a day or so. Or, you know, I, I had to wear braces because I taught classes. And it was just silly. It was silly. I played ball, too, sprained my ankles each, like, six, seven times. Damn. Yeah, dude. I Excuse me. I messed up my body a lot. Um, so I started doing something called... Uh, the uh, the supple leopard, Kelly yep. Surrett. So I, that that was probably the first mobility thing I did, um, and I worked at a physical Me therapy too. clinic. Yeah, dude. So supple leopard w- w- was the foundation of everything, honestly. And then I started working at a physical therapy clinic with my guy Stephen Trush, um, and I learned about stretching. I learned about mobility. I learned about range of motion, joint health, anatomy. He taught me a lot. I learned about fascia. I learned about the importance of um, really just not isolating one area for growth, surely, like specifically just for growth, like understanding that our body is a system and it's, and, and it's a symphony. And if that symphony isn't playing at, at the same tune or on the same rate or, you know, even playing the same song, that's when we get dysfunctions and it sounds like crap mm. and the body moves like crap in the same way. Um, moving forward, I started doing FRC and, you know, that helped myself and my clients a lot. Um, but there was always something missing. Like I, I would get very marginal gains and it would take a really long time. And if I, if I didn't do it for like, I don't know, like a, like a month, yeah, that's, I mean like a, a few weeks, you know, I I'd take breaks and I would just lose it. It would just yeah, go just revert right back. Yeah. 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 And I, I needed to just like stay on it every single day. And then I happened to just see Jordan Fulbility um, on Instagram. I looked at some of his content. I was like, what the heck am I looking at? Because, you know, you, you first go to that page and it's like, I don't even know what the heck I'm, what's going on. I mean, he's just doing a hip hinge. Like, what, what's, what, what's the big deal? Uh, you know, he, he's, just, he's just reaching out. Like, what's, what's the big deal? And then I had him on a podcast because I started looking into it more and looked at his theory. And I got really, really fascinated because he focused on something that I was told didn't matter, which was posture. And then... You know, the way he looked at the human body and he, the way he would analyze things and put things next to each other really painted the picture well for me. So I was like, yo, I got to get, get this man on a podcast. So 
I got him on a podcast after several attempts because the first time I asked him, he's like, "No, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm I don't do podcasts. Like, he 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 doesn't. He doesn't do podcasts. He, I don't think he ever did one. He might have, maybe he did one. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure before my, my show, he hadn't done anything. Um, and I got him on, and we talked for over an hour, and he just blew my mind. Completely shattered everything I thought I knew about fitness. Everything I thought I knew about mobility, about building muscle, about health." About longevity, joint health, everything just shattered, bro. Shattered. Um, and from that point, I was I hired him. I was like, bro, I gotta hire you. I, I gotta know how to how this stuff works so I can teach it to my clients and blah 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 blah. And I'd say the first three, maybe four months, I was doing a lot. Like I was doing flability, I was lifting, I was doing FRC, I was still you know playing sports. I was doing a lot. Yeah. And I and I, I was still feeling. I felt better for sure. Um, but I would always feel like some, some, like the still grabby stuff. And then I was like, I said to him, you know what, man, I'm going to just see what happened. Cause I asked him like, you know, what do you do? He's like, Oh yeah, I, I just do flow. He, he think he, I think he lifted like once, maybe twice a week at that point. And I was like, all right, all right. So I, I'll, I'll slow it down. I slowed it down, started feeling better. I was like, okay. Hmm. Then I was like, you know what, bro, for the next month, I'm going to only do flability and see what happens. Results drastically went nuts. Deep just dive. blew up just blew up. My, my results blew up, bro. And he never forced me. He never said, bro, you need to do flowability only. Never forced me. It just happened. Mm-hmm. And my body started feeling, I started feeling taller. My back pain gone, you know, knee pain dramatically decreased. My body just felt open and just, it's, it's honestly indescribable at this point. Cause I don't know. I'm starting to lose sight on what it felt like to be in my previous body. Cause I'm in a new body. Ooh. Like my body's completely different. You know what I mean? I don't even remember what that old body felt like mm-hmm. just because everything's so different. But um, I fully transitioned to just doing flowability after like the third or fourth month. And again, I haven't touched a weight in like nine months. And it's been over, it's been a year since I started flow and it's become my entire life, my whole business. I, I don't train anyone besides flow. I don't, I don't do weight training. I don't do Olympic lifting. I don't do FRC. I don't do anything like that. I just do flow. And People are crushing it, bro. People are feeling. We have people in our group like doing all types of crazy stuff, you know, crazy experiences, crazy gains, crazy changes. And you know, again, I, I haven't looked back, man. There's, there's there's so much with this system. People don't understand, don't know. People have no clue, no freaking clue what we're doing. And it's it's insane because you know, there's all this talking. A lot of people are talking, bro, but not many people, no, like like no one, bro, no one is really changing the body, like changing posture alignment, changing how the joints sit on the body through attacking the nervous system. No one's really attacking the nervous system we, the way we are. And that's what's so cool about it. That Cause like, you know, I, I've learned about the nervous system through my time um, studying physiology, studying anatomy, studying mobility, studying the brain, um, but nothing connects the dots like, like this has. And, um, you know, I'm still a humble student. Only been in it a year. Jordan's done it for six years. Um, and where his, did he, uh, sorry to interrupt you, where did no, he, no. where did this philosophy kind of, I think I saw on his page, did did some of this originate kind of from like Ido Portal movement? Um, Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Where did this um, originate from? So this this guy, uh, his name's Eric, he basically, he literally solved the equation. He put, see, a lot of people don't know this, um, he took a lot of things because he studied he'd been in the fitness industry for like 25 years man 25 years he'd done everything everything bro every modality you've ever seen he's done it he studied it he's dissected it he's read more books than anybody i know 
And he's he literally solved the equation, put everything together. Everything that everyone's trying to get, he took it and just, just molded it into this this perfect program. It's the the program. Like a lot of people think, okay, you know, I got I got this one, I'm gonna make this, blah, 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 I'm gonna do this, and it's just tools in a toolbox or puzzles in a big puzzle piece. No, this is the box, this is the puzzle. It's the whole thing. And again, we don't we're not, we're not here to, to like take people down. I got that that we don't the other people don't have to fail for us to win. We we don't care what people do. We don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're just offering an option, an option for for freedom, an option for what you know you're trying to achieve like we we have the answer and what are people trying to achieve people are trying to achieve freedom spinal decompression get Mm -hmm. rid of back pain get Mm -hmm. rid of all these things that they're that they're struggling with and we don't even talk about pain like that because pain is not it's it's not the end all be all there are people who are making money off of staying on pain free which is fine again it's it's fine but just because you're pain free doesn't mean you're dysfunction free you know what i mean The, the, the two don't align synonymously mm-hmm. um, and posture, pain and posture people are saying they're not linked at all but if you look at the studies the studies are completely flawed you know they're saying oh you know we're they're, they're, they're sitting on their blah 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 they're in their hips but if, if you look at the studies not in their hips at all they're not in their hips at all they, they lift their arms up and their, their their core doesn't contract when you when you do this your your core should, should pull in because it's trying to stabilize the spine as you put your arms over your head but you don't see that. You see things dump. You see dependency. You see weakness. Mm-hmm. Whenever people do these motions. Yeah. And before we go, before we go deeper in this, let's zoom out a little bit for people who might not know exactly what we're about to dive into. So kind of give. Yeah. So you started working with these with Jordan. You guys kind of built this, and what I'm getting at the philosophy of like what is like the outside third grade level version of what flowability is. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So flowability is a system that is designed to basically stop things that are doing too much and help things that are doing too little. It's, it's distributing force on the body when you take a step, when you reach for something, when you bend over, so that one area isn't being overloaded and, you know, basically kicking the bucket, if you will. Got it. Not, and because what's happening is people are too dependent on one area of their body and it's their low back. It's, if you look, people's low backs are just noodles. They just move all over the place. And the low back is meant to be stable so that the upper back and the hips can be mobile. You know, what's everyone's biggest problem? All oh, my shoulders, all oh, my hips, all oh, my ankles, my knees, you know, my back. It's, it's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. It's usually either low back, knees, shoulders, hips, and or neck. And it, these are all the areas that are uh, wound really tight because the middle's soft. Mm. The middle's so soft, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, what we're doing is we're decompressing the spine and we're teaching the nervous system how to grab better things to accomplish the task that we do every day and that takes strength and it takes resilience it takes lots and lots of reps every time you bend over you're doing a hip hinge or you're not <laughs> you know yeah so that's cool man that's a really cool specific like niche i love the the whole concept around it is really just trying to figure out like how can you fully optimize the body to thrive in this in this world and be able to move and like you said distribute weight correctly so you can do it for a long period of time so you can stay in the game longer and so you can do it in a fun way versus so many people are just living life like in pain so many people are just living whether that's like physically or mentally i mean like you even when you first your first example i think if you look through your stories the common theme is being able to like transcend pain yeah 
Um, and if the one at first was your work and being able to get through that like mental pain of having to like, this isn't the job for me, man. I need to go on to what actually is mine. And then you got into coaching and then coaching was helping people get out of pain through FRC and normal stretching and supple leopard. And you're just continuing to improve and further like go deep into what, how can I help people get out of pain? Um, that's amazing, dude. How have the results been through this? Incredible, man. That there, it, uh, you know, like, like I said before, it comes to a point where pain no longer becomes the focus. It becomes human performance, bro. Like, I love that, dude. People think that we're, we're just rehab, bro. People think that we're, we're just a rehab program. It's, it's so far. It's so far from that. We're, we're nothing like a rehab program. Of course, if you need it, you know, that, 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 that's where we can start. But eventually, like you, you, you start, you start to realize, oh shoot, like I can sprint, I can jump, I, I, I can extend my hips, like you, you would stand up in a deadlift. I can extend my hips, and I can actually really feel my glutes. Like I can feel that. So many people are lifting weights, and when they bend over, their butts don't get big. Their butts get smaller. And when you load a muscle, it gets bigger. If I flex my bicep, it gets bigger. So if I'm bending over loading my hips, my butt should get bigger because my butt should be taking that load, right? Not, yeah. not my back. But when you, when you see people bend over, do a deadlift or do bent over rows, their glutes are tiny. Their glutes are tiny. But what's usually big? The waist. The waist is always big. It's always big. Therefore, it's being loaded. And what's at the waist, right? Your belly button, your low back. So that, that area is constantly being stressed. And the neurological dominance, but also hypertrophic dominance shows it. You bend someone over, most people, their erectors are going to go, they're going to pop like crazy because those have become the dominant force for bending over and standing up and bang and going to the side and rotating. You know what I mean? That there's, there's, there's just dominance and that dominance shuts off the need to be mobile in anything else but that area. It's, it's trying to stabilize. It's trying to mo be mobile. It's trying to be strong. It's, it's trying to do everything. Your low back is doing everything. And when, and our system is designed to help you get out of just using your little back and using the things you want to use, you know what I mean? Loading what you actually want to load. When you bend over, you want to like, you pick something up off the ground. that's heavy. You want to use your hips, you want to use your back, mm -hmm. but everyone's using their back. And some people, ooh, excuse me, some people don't know it. Some people don't understand uh, what it's supposed to actually look like. So. Um, is there a way that some people right now, if they were even listening to this and they go, okay, coach chronic, you sound like you're onto some shit right here. But how mm -hmm. do I know that you're actually saying anything? Is there a way that they can even do like a hip hinge right now if they were listening and try to understand or conceptualize? Are they using their hips or are they using their back? I mean, yeah. If, if, if someone just bends over, and I un unless you've been doing flow, man, like I could cue you and yell at you until my lungs pop, but you will not be able to do what, I, again, it's hard to say this without being arrogant or conceited but you won't be able to you won't be able to look like me mm -hmm. you won't be able to look like any anyone that's been doing flowability for for months and months like you won't be able to look like us because it's a it's adaptation it's not cueing it's not posturing it's not it's not like okay you know yeah they, they pull their pants up and blah, blah 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 but what does that actually do like no bro if i was freaking naked you, you, you would see it like you would see it you know what i'm saying that's why sometimes i i wear um compression shorts when i train because i want people to see oh this ain't this ain't no, no joke this, mm -hmm. this, this, this ain't no game i'm not posture i'm not I'm not tricking nobody like 
I train every day on my story. I literally post it almost every single day on my story to show you, bro, I'm just training every day. Bro, like, your the, butt's the, the, gotten bigger. <laughs> thank you. Like, thank your you. butt has definitely gotten bigger. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, it, it's the powerhouse of the body, bro, but everybody got tiny glutes. Everybody got tiny glutes. Like, and if you really want to experience this, if you really want to know if you got hips or not, just bend over and pick up something and tell me what you feel. Like, Ooh, okay. I like that. It's not it, It's not going to be your hips, man. It's, it's not going to be your hamstrings. And if it is, it's probably near your knees. Like, everyone's, again, so wound tight. They're, they're um, to get into some anatomy, I'm sure you got people who are listening who are coaches and know uh, some anatomy. But I'll even keep it simple for people who don't. You know, if you think about the pelvis, it's like pelvis, rib cage. When people move, I'll put it this way. When people move, they, they do this. They break. They separate. Ideally, if you had stability in your spine, you would see this, where no matter what you do, these never break. But if someone bends over, we see this. Mm-hmm. Or we see this. If someone stands up, we see this, where the low back is handling all the motions. So if your low back is doing everything, you cannot train your hips. You just can't. So we teach you through um, some very specific protocols uh, how to first establish your ribcage and pelvis together, that stability. I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, I've, I've been watching a lot of the same pages for years now. And since flow got bigger, our gang is getting bigger. I'm seeing more people talk about pelvis ribcage stability through breath, pelvis ribcage. Like I'm seeing it a lot. And I'm not saying that they're, they're, they're seeing it from us, but like, it's just, it's just interesting that as we, talk more about it we're seeing other people talk more about it so honestly it's a good thing it's a good yeah thing. yeah it makes you know? sense it makes sense that it's it's being seen by other people and they're also looking at it, they're going yeah i agree with that shit we need to talk about that yeah yeah so um yeah man i mean we have a free mini series i can um shoot it your way for your listeners that they can try yeah for sure uh, i'll put it in the description where we're upgrading it uh hopefully soon i think october 1st it's going to be upgraded it's going to literally be double the size there's like I think seven or eight exercises, it's literally gonna double. So um, look out for that soon. Uh, it's gonna be a ton of breath work, glute work, core work, just like everything. And people, a lot of people go into this expecting, you know, oh, we're gonna like woosah meditation, but no, nah, nah, bro. This is gonna be harder than any workout you've ever done in your life. If I put you in your hips, it's gonna be freaking hard and you're gonna be sweating your butt off. That's, so it's it's very different. It's very different. All right, I'm gonna have to try this shit. Honestly, Austin tried to get me to really get into it, but at first I was just at the time I just it just wasn't a thing to me. But as I've learned and heard a little bit more about it, it just intrigues me. You know, I'm I'm just curious and I like to try out new things. Like right now, I'm in bodybuilding, so I just did my first show, and yeah, now, I saw. It. Congrats, man. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to do another show because I got second and I'm pissed about it. So I'm going to do another show to get first. And once I get first, then I'm going to bounce and that's going to be my career. Um, but once I do that, once I get through that show, I'd love to dive into this a little bit more and kind of really experience it myself. And then maybe we'll bring you back on and we can talk about my personal experience along with this journey and we can really dive sure. deep in it. Sure. That love sounds to. cool. Awesome. Be fun, so yeah. Let's do one other question I'd love to ask for, and I know this isn't technically your space right now, but for the people out there during COVID, they're stressed, they don't know what to do with their nutrition, they don't know what to do with their fitness, 
their health is a mess and they're worried about it, what is one tip you give those people to start the journey and start the process to begin to live that healthy lifestyle? Hmm. Um, one tip to start. It's kind of hard to, to give one. Uh, I'll, I'll one try is to hard. Be... We, can, we can break it down a little bit. If you want to give them a little bit of a framework, a mini framework. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the challenge of putting it into one sentence, one tip. I think the first thing that needs to be decided, I think, in my opinion, and this is kind of what I do for my clients, what are your priorities? What what, what, what do you really want? Like a lot of people would say, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. But like, do your actions, does your lifestyle, does your your sleep habits, does your your relationship, everything, does all that fit into that mission, that goal, that want, that desire? So I think it takes really writing down what your priorities are. Just like look at your life and assess, like, what have I done the last two years, three years, five years, whatever, to move toward this goal I have. And I think that applies for any goal, whether it's like getting a car or, you know, starting a business, whatever the heck you want. Like, just literally just look at the numbers. How, how many hours have I spent working on this? How many how many days have I spent working on my body? How, how many weeks have I done, you know, have I looked at my macros? How many months have I tracked my, like, things like that. Like just first take an assessment, take a really unbiased, objective look at yourself and be like, what the heck have I done? When, when you can apply numbers to it, there's, there's, no, there's no arguments. You, know, you haven't put the time and energy, then you know, okay, okay, this really has not been a priority. When you can accept, that it hasn't been a priority in your life, that's when you can really start making changes because you're being honest with yourself. I used to lie to myself all the freaking time, lie to myself all the time. And I thought I could hide from it and, you know, whatever. But when you realize that when you don't focus on yourself and you don't understand yourself better, you don't take time for your mental health through therapy and meditation and journaling and all the things that, you know, you and I know so well, it's, uh, it really starts to bleed. It bleeds into other aspects and other areas of your life that you don't even realize. You don't even understand that it's happening. It's subconscious. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You just, you just, it just happens. Yeah. So that will be my, my, my first tip. Just really look at your last couple of years, see what your priorities have been. If you really want to make changes, you got to say, okay, this is what I have done. This is what I'm going to do. This Dude. is what I'm doing. When you have visuals too, and even, I mean, even when you first talked about not knowing, uh, finances as you first got into, you know, this 23, four five year old life, I'm those the same way, dude. It's, it's only been this last couple months that I've with my coach put together a spreadsheet of like, yo, this is legit your expenses. This is your income. This is what you're going to be getting. This is where you need to move this and this. And now that I see it, I'm like, Oh my God, it makes sense. It's all right in front of you. And when you look back at my nutrition, it's the same thing. What do you do? You start tracking your calories. You start seeing the numbers. And as you see the numbers, it's almost once you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. And yeah. if and once you see it, you you're literally either choosing. I know that if I go past this number, I'm actively choosing to go away from my goal. And I know if I stay within this range, I'm actively choosing to go towards my goal. Right. So I think that's a great first one. Thank you. Thank you. You got other ones? Uh yeah. I mean, I got tons. I think uh, after that, then take a step that's uh, manageable. Don't, don't, don't bite off more than you can chew, man. Don't bite off more than you can chew. If you, you know, you want to lose weight or you want to do whatever you, you got to do. Um, if you're, if you're not willing to track macros, that's obviously, as you know, the most accurate way to do anything, um, body recomposition wise, 
um, tracking numbers. Just look at the data, look at the data, track it unbiased. Like just, if you eat this, just track it. Do that for like two weeks, measure your weight in the morning, every morning after you use the bathroom, before you drink or eat anything, do that for two weeks. Look at the Delta between the two weeks. If you've, if your Delta is positive, you know, you're in, you're most likely in the surplus negative, most likely in a deficit hasn't changed most likely at maintenance. That's the easiest way to first see what uh, your calorie balance is looking like. After that, you can make a plan. Okay. Let's say you're in a surplus. Okay, great. How can I start to slowly decrease things so that I'm either at maintenance or maybe I go into a deficit or if you're in a deficit, you want to maintain whatever it's, it's, it's all about slow incremental changes. Don't just like, if you're in a crazy surplus, don't just take off a thousand calories. Oh my gosh, I'm eating so much. I'm gaining, you know, a pound a week. I should just take off 700 calories that, that that'll do it. Right. Do the math, you know, 3,500 calories in a pound, whatever. Okay. I do it for, for five weeks. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm done. I'm down. I'm, I'm going to lose a pound in five weeks. Woo. And then you're you're miserable by week one, you know what I mean? You're, you're miserable about week one and a half because you're, you've just starved yourself. Because you know the body needs time to adjust. The body is all about adaptation. Physiology is all adaptation. And if your body becomes adaptive to a certain lifestyle, you need to slowly increment it to a different lifestyle, a different pattern of eating, a different palate of food, and a different palate, uh, you know, different amount of food for it to truly be like, okay, all right, cool, cool. So maybe start with like three to 5% of a deficit as opposed to 20%. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's the incremental stuff. I, I'm, you know, kind of just saying the same thing over and over again, but you, you get the idea. No, I love, dude, I love it. And I love bringing other people on here. So then the, the listeners can just hear that it's, it's not a crazy secret. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's the, the science and the numbers behind it. They're very simple. So yeah. the more that they can hear that, then the more that they can no longer use those as excuses. Yeah. They can no longer get to the point where they're like, no, the number, like, it's too hard. The numbers don't make sense. The tracking doesn't make sense. It's like, wait a second. If you hear coach after coach after coach after coach tell you that that's a simple science, we can now put that one to bed. And if we can, yeah. put, that, if we can put that one to bed, then let's get into, like, the crazy stuff, which is, like, the mental side behind it. Let's get to the point where like you're lying to yourself constantly. It's actually not the science. You're just lying to yourself about maybe you don't actually want to get this crazy ripped body that you said you did. Yeah. Maybe you don't believe in yourself. Maybe there's some other underlying roots that are really going to affect this. And that's like the stuff that I fucking love with coaching, man, getting into all of that crazy stuff and all of into like the, the mindset, the limiting beliefs, the, the confidence, man, like, I can just tell you from personal experience, and I'm sure you can too, the more that you learn about yourself, the more that you learn about your body and what it's actually capable of, the more confidence you have. 100%. You know what I mean? So I think anybody out there trying to, I had one person talk to me, man, I'm really trying to work on my self-confidence. What do I do? And I tell them, dude, the more that you gain mastery over your body and yourself, the more confidence you're going to have to take on the rest of the world. Absolutely. I think that's a good way to end it. Karan, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And like I said, guys, be on the lookout because I promise you, and I will tell you this right now, as soon as I'm done with my bodybuilding show, I will do some flowability and then we will get you back on here and we will talk about my experience. Sounds good, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys listening in and we will talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the It's All Day podcast on the 1513 Network. 
I'd love to connect with you guys. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Chris Page underscore coach. And you can listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.